You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to participate, if you'd like to call in, if you'd like to be a part of the show, the program, the thing that it is we do here, you can do it. You can do it, man. Even you can do it. 608-501-0718 is the number to call. All you got to do is punch in those numbers, and you'll be directed to a voicemail, at which time you will leave a message of whatever it is you feel like talking about, and I will listen to it, and I will respond to it, and that is how the show works. Only other thing that you need to know is that new callers, just like you, will go directly to the front of the line, just like this. Hey Ryan, sorry to bother you so late. Oh, it's uh, fine. Brandon, Summers, Wisconsin. Uh, I'm just kind of saying, like, I think Packers fans don't really need to worry. And I'm a Packers fan too, of course. Yeah. That's the reason why I call. But if you look at our offense right now, it's a pretty decent offense. I mean, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. Great two-head combination. Obviously, we have Christian Watson. Now we got Romeo Dobbs. They got their reps last year. Now I think Jordan Love is going to kind of let them play. You know, obviously, Love, I don't think, is going to be like Rodgers. And if Watson or Dobbs misses the pass, he's not going to turn around and be like, oh, what are you doing? Uh, darn you. Yeah. He's not going to cuss him out or anything like that because he's growing with them as well. Well, I think there's going to be a better connection between Love and the other receivers Yeah. as well. We have the tight end conversation that needs presence. Michael Mayer, or honestly Darnell Washington. I think those are your two best bets. I mean, you can look at Musgrave, you can look at Kincaid, but in the end, I think it's Mayer and Washington. And Washington reminds me a lot of DK Metcalf. I know there's different positions, but I think they're both going to go in that second round, even though I think they're first, they're first round potential. So how about an offense of Jordan Love, obviously at quarterback, obviously we got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Showtime Jones, Quadzilla in the back, and we, are, we have a great defense. We have a great defense. I'm not too worried about the defense at all. We have a good old line. Just draft around uh, Love, you know, maybe talking, you know, the Ohio State kid, what's his name, Najib by Jackson Smith or something. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Jordan Addison, but I think Darnell Washington is first-round potential to draft. Sure. So that's what I have to say. Go Pack Go. Bye. Bye. Yeah, no, I think you make a, a compelling enough case for 
you know, as I've said, everything just kind of comes down to those coin flips and how they fall. And I think you could make a case, just like you could make a case last year about how the team was going to win a Super Bowl, how this was different, the defense was going to be top three and all that stuff. And that didn't pan out, obviously. But if you wanted to take a stab at it, you could do something similar to what you said. And I agree. I think there will be a much better relationship between Jordan Love and these receivers. I mean, it's it, I, I would bet probably before the receivers, not even know if they've gone out to California yet. That was something that I had misunderstood. I thought they were already out there. And then I listened to an interview, which we'll talk about tomorrow, or not tomorrow, two days. Um, but uh, Christian Watson was in Florida, and I was like, He's done already, and but I don't think he went out to California yet. That the the tweet said that they're planning on going out there. But anyways, um, I think even prior to let's just say the off season, there's a good chance that there was a, a tighter relationship between Jordan Love and the young guys than there was between Rodgers and those guys. Then you factor in this off season of those guys putting in work together. I think they're going to be in a much more solid footing now. Aaron Rodgers is a much more experienced quarterback and much more talented in terms of a lot of different things, at least so far. And so on some level, it's going to come down to talent. On some level, it's going to be, can he make the right reads, make the right adjustments, find the right guy, throw to the right guy, be accurate, you know, all those kinds of things, a lot of which comes with experience that he does not yet have. Um, But I, I think that's a good starting point for pumping up this team in saying, they're going to be on much more solid footing day one, week one. And again, if you look at the defense, and I talked about this a lot last year, as disappointing as it was, you watch that defense down the stretch, they were pretty electric. And depending on the metric you were looking at, they were up there with like the 49ers. Now, it was a relatively small sample size, but we're talking about a quarter of a season or so. So it's, it's, it's not enough to say anything definitively, but it is certainly a, a trend. You know, it's hard to pull off four... Roughly, I don't, I don't know exactly, and I don't feel like going back and looking it all up, but let's just say it's tough to pull off four out of five or so games when you're a bad defense. You can have a fluky good game here and there. You might even have two in a, in a five or six game stretch, kind of fluky. Maybe the other team's offense was trash or something. I don't know. But to basically be dominant, it was funny because the defense would play great, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, look at the, look, you played freaking Baker and the Rams, and then they go on to destroy people. And then they play great again. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, Tua and the concussion, okay. And then they play great again, and it's like, yeah, well, well friggin'. I mean, <laughs> yeah, who cares? So, yeah, I mean, if you put those things together, and especially with the, the, this is the other thing I love about the situation we're in, is that it's really low stress. You know, we, we, we come from, we're a fan base that, for many years, maybe not exactly the last couple when Buffalo and Kansas City and those teams were at the top, but, you know, pretty much our entire lives, if you're my age, there's been an expectation that the Packers are going to be a good team. Even through the 90s, even though the, the Packers maybe weren't the number one team until around the time that they won the Super Bowl, they were a playoff team, you know? And then, you know, once they got over that hump, you know, mid-90s when it would, they became sort of that powerhouse. There was just an expectation. You just knew that they were just that team at the top. And then when Rodgers took over, same thing. They were the team that was expected to win it all. Now the Green Bay Packers are expected to be the worst team basically in football. Fourth in the NFC North behind the team that has the number one pick right now. So the bar is quite low. And so if you look at this defense, and, and here's the other thing to think about. And we'll, 
talk about this in a couple days as well, but I, I just just been kind of sorting through some of the Brian Gutekunst comments that have come out recently. And um, one of the more telling comments, I think, in that entire thing was Brian Gutekunst saying, you know, they said, what, when did you decide to move on? And I kind of expected him to deflect and be like, well, you know, we didn't really say we were going to move on. or whatever. And he just answered it. In other words, essentially saying, yeah, we, we did decide to move on and here's why. Saying it was not a unilateral, I don't like Rogers thing. I went through the process of talking to other people, including the coaches and the players, to try to decide which direction we wanted to go, and, and essentially said after that I realized where we were headed. And he said a part of that was, you know, the season just didn't go very well. But I, I bring all that up to say, clearly the locker room was not where it needed to be. And in my opinion, I can't speak for the offense, but the defense in particular, and I tend to think that this is a, a NFL or even football-wide thing, maybe that's just speculation on my part, but... I think it's really hard to have a good defense that isn't really a good locker room defense, if that makes sense. So much of what they do is is aggression and just hype and working together as a unit. And I know that's offense too, but I feel like with the offense, and this is why the Packers had such a good offense, you can get away with being technicians. Emotionless robots that just carve you up. Tom Brady did it for years. I mean, he had emotion or whatever, but they were freaking robots. The Packers had some emotion too, but largely it was an intellectual thing. Now, don't get me wrong, you got guys like Ed Reed or whatever that were freaking geniuses. Troy Polamalu being able to read things and see things and all that stuff. But that was in addition to a completely unhinged group of human beings. And I, I just feel like there is a direct correlation with the Green Bay Packers in looking at how they're playing and how their personality is in the locker room and on the football field and how good of a job they do on the football field. You know, back when things weren't going well, it was, again, the Kenny comments where he just doesn't want to talk to anybody and everything's bad. And, you know, you could say, well, that's because things are bad, but I don't think so. I, I, I just think that the defense could ultimately be a, 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 as simple of a fix as getting some, some new energy in that locker room. Again, let the young guys take over and fill that locker room with, instead of this energy of just shut up and do your job and, and you know, you just need to be up to this standard and, and, you know, you need to be in your book and you need to do this and this is what it takes to be a professional, which again, some guys need that, but I think there was too much in Green Bay. Get up on my level, rookie, loser. Stop sucking. I'm trying to be a champion here. I'm trying to work with champions, not losers like you. Not saying those words ever came out, but that's that's sort of the level of motivation. As opposed to a bunch of young guys who are like, dude, let's be freaking great. You know what I mean? Like, let's all come together and be great together. You know, Jordan Love isn't coming in saying, get on my level. He's saying, let's level up. All of us, let's get together and let's level up. Let's be better. Let's be the best. Let's, while they're sleeping, we're working. You know, Rashawn Gary, he, he's always been sort of that guy, but he's he's not, that's not like the energy in the locker room. That's Rashawn Gary doing his thing on his own. I think you get that defense revved up to be a bunch of guys, and I, I don't doubt that that's going to be easy to, to, to be a thing. You know Stokes will jump on that bandwagon. You know Jair's that dude. He's Of course he's that dude. Rashawn's already that dude. I can't speak for Kenny or some of the other guys, but you get some of the young blood that just wants to work. I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Kenny. I'm just saying I don't know where he would stand. He seems like a pretty quiet, reserved dude, and he's kind of on that, on that fence between being the old crusty vet and still being kind of a young guy with a little bit of juice in him to, to maybe get revitalized and say, yeah, dude, let's freaking hit it. Let's do this. But, but that's the thing. There's, the talent is there. I just think they need that energy spark. 
Now, you can get an energy spark and, and kind of fake it till you make it and kind of do a Lions thing where we don't have a lot of talent, but we'll, we'll just bludgeon you to death and, hey, we might even get lucky and win a couple. But if you've got the talent, if you can get Kenny to be at, at, a, at a 10 out of 10, that dude is a freaking monster. You get, you get Wyatt and Preston and Rashawn and Quay and Devondre and Jair and Stokes and Razul, you get those guys... Rather than getting this 4 out of 10, 6 out of 10 nonsense, you're getting regular 8, 9, 10 out of 10s. This defense is freaking unstoppable. And the offense, again, it, it, it's, it has the potential to be good enough. Jordan Love is the biggest question mark and sort of the lack of depth in terms of weapons. I mean, we like Christian and Romeo, but that seems to be kind of it right now. No offense to Samori Ture, maybe he's fine, I don't know. But either way, you got, you got Jones, you got Dylan. You know they're going to add. So, again, that is sort of the, the more positive skew of things. You could do it for the negative as well, but, uh, again, I think the, the defense is just a spark away from being great, and I think we have the pieces on offense. It's just a question of will it come together? And then, of course, the biggest question is um, Jordan Love and his, his level of, I guess, competence. Hey, Ryan. 1265 here. Hey. So, God, I hate this time of year. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's so dead. Oh, just wait. Just give it a couple days. And I'm not somebody to watch a bunch of draft prospects. Uh, I'll watch it. the draft because I'm always excited to see who the Packers get. Yeah. And then after they get that guy, then I go look at right. film. Yeah. And usually after the draft, I spend some time looking at all these guys, and I'll pick, like, my favorite rookie, yeah. and I'll watch him throughout the year and see how he does and see if he's the best rookie. Yep. That's always kind of fun is to pick a guy. Um, anyway, I have a question for you. Before we get there, I kind of agree. I used to be more of a film grinder, I guess, but but as I go through this now, I'm I'm. The, I guess there's just that voice in the back of my head that's like, "What is the point of this? Like, what what are you trying to accomplish? Like, it it just will not let me have fun." Because all I can hear is that voice saying, "You don't know what you're looking at." First of all, second of all, there's like 500 of these. Are you going to go through 500 of these? No, you're just going to stare at first and second round prospects? Wow, congratulations. And you have an opinion on something based on what? How many games did you watch? One game? Wow. Okay, did you watch all 22? or No, just just highlights. Okay, cool. So so what is the point? Oh, and by the way, are you going to forget everything that you're thinking right now in about 15 seconds? Yeah. Okay. So do you think you wasted all of this time and maybe we could have been productive doing something else? Or do you want to do something stupid like a mock draft that nobody cares about, nobody wants to read, and uh, even you don't care about? Is that what you want to do? Or should we go back to doing something productive? Maybe you go talk to your family or something. You freaking loser. So yeah, there's that voice um, that that is constantly hitting me but no i i agree that is kind of the best because once you know and it's narrowed down now i can sit there and watch every single thing that i can find on that guy i've got seven all 22s a hundred percent i'm gonna watch all seven i'm gonna watch all 16 highlight videos i'm gonna watch everything that isn't all 22 that's on youtube i'm gonna watch that i'm gonna do everything there is to do and learn everything there is to know about this human being but that's because i know that they're a packer but when there's just a sea of like 500 prospects, it's like, okay, go learn. It's like, I don't know, dude. Are you kidding me? I can't keep this straight, and I'm just going to forget. And then I'm going to go to all that trouble to like, you know, write it all down and like, here's my thoughts and here's my breakdown about this. And you know what? After you do all that work, you're not even going to care because your opinion sucks. And you'd be better off reading other people's opinions that actually know how to do this. 
but you know i'm not dissuading you if you if you find it fun i just i have a hard time um these days especially this year overcoming that voice that's like dude you got more important things to do than watch some guy play football and just kind of sit there and go i don't, I don't know i guess he's fine looks kind of like everybody else that looks fine so so there's that so have you ever tried any kind of like monthly or quarterly box service yes there's all kinds of them out there i mean a lot of people do food right um I actually do Nomadic. What's that? And I love Nomadic. So Nomadic is an outdoorsy kind of thing. Makes sense. And it's all about gear. And you can um, kind of sway your way one way or the other. They, they give you selections like, are you a camper? Are you a boater? Are you a hiker? Are you a fishing person? And then they kind of make your box according mm-hmm. to your interests, your outdoor interests. So for a while there, I was on there. I bought myself a Christmas present one year, and I got myself the monthly nomadic box. And that was the start of it. And I loved the stuff, but the problem was, is over a period of time, you start getting gear you don't need anymore. Right. And duplicates of the small items. Like, I don't know how many waterproof matches I have now. <laughs> um, there's electrolytic mixes. I have tons of those. And so I went to quarterly and man, quarterly is the way to go. Okay. I just got my quarterly box. I got a small silky saw, which is a, a foldable saw. They're very popular and cool. Yep. I got a stool, a camping stool Ayo. that you can backpack with. I got a tarp like 9x6x9x8, by by which is a pretty decent big tarp. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, again, I got the matches. Right. See what, oh, there was a little mini lantern in there, rechargeable. Okay. And there was also a gear tightener. It's like a line that never sags. Huh. So, yeah, I, I thought that was a really cool box. Anyway, just curious if you've ever done any monthly box subscriptions. Okay, bye. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the nomadic thing. That wouldn't certainly be for me because I'm not opposed to camping. I just uh, I don't know, haven't done it. I'm by the way, my dad. I don't know if I mentioned this. My dad told me that I am absolutely cursed with camping, and I think he's right. Every single time that I go camping, it is it's not just like oh it rained. It is a freaking nightmare. He even went so far back. This is this is how much he's traumatized by going camping with me. He went so far back as to tell me about a horrible story that happened with my mom when she was pregnant with me. So there's that. Um, We went canoeing on the Wisconsin River, and the tents, like, went flying into the river. The wind was ripping things out. It It was a freaking disaster. The last time my dad and I went camping, we went up to Devil's Lake. Oh, actually, there was another time I went. It was, uh, I think it was just me, my dad, my brother Jeff, and maybe my sister Jamie, I don't know, and it rained. It was one of those things. We were fishing on the pier, and we looked, and you could just see a wall of gray. This this rain was coming in so heavy. You like all of a sudden, like you couldn't see the trees because this wall of gray was coming. And so we went inside the uh, sleeping bag. I don't know if it was immediate, but it was starting to rain. Anyways, we went to sleep, and we woke up, and the rain had gotten so bad that the mud, the the essentially dirty, muddy, whatever, came up in the tent. 
and we ended up sleeping in the car. The last time, that was probably two times ago I went camping with them. The last time, basically the same thing. We went up to Devil's Lake. It was so windy that the top thing that kind of keeps the rain out, that ripped off of it. The rain started pouring in from the top. Wind was blowing the 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 thing so violently that I mean, there's no way to sleep. There's water coming in everywhere. Water's coming in through. So what happened? We slept in the car again. Like every single time my dad has taken me camping, we end up having to sleep in the car unless you're canoeing and you don't have that option. So um, I'm cursed. The last time I went camping, I think it was with me and my wife and our oldest daughter. I don't think any of the other kids were around. It was the same thing. Uh, it was raining terribly. Uh, they they had wanted to put us down. We ended up moving our camping spot because we were down in like a low area. So the water all ran down. There was mosquitoes everywhere. So we got a new spot. And it was like, now you don't have tree coverage. So the rain is coming down. And there was like a drip. And it was like hitting, I don't know if it was hitting my daughter or my wife or whatever. But I agreed to move so that I was the one getting dripped on all night. It's just, I'm absolutely cursed. I, I, I made fun of my wife because her idea of camping is like get sleeping in a camper or a cabin. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a vacation. It's not camping. You can call it glamping or whatever stupid word you want if if, if you want, but that's certainly not camping. But I'm 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 at the point now where I'm 100. I, I don't have anything to prove to anybody as far as like being a man and sleeping on the ground in a tent. I don't care, dude. Okay, a vacation for me is something that I enjoy, not a miserable experience where you're sleeping on on uneven ground and having rain. Uh, and mud water washing, you know, and then then at one o'clock in the morning when you've had no sleep and it's dark out, you got to figure out how to like pack up mud and put it away somewhere so it doesn't blow away and then go sleep in a car. It's just, it's not my my uh, favorite thing as far as, as uh, camp, as vacations go. To your question, I have, um, but I've, I've, to be honest, I've never really seen a box that really makes any sense for the reason that you kind of said and that is they end up sending you stuff that you don't really want and and i end up asking the question if you need something why don't you just buy it you know what i mean like i i got one uh for my daughter it was she likes candles so i got her a candle when they send you a candle every month and you even tell it like you know what specific things or whatever and she'd get a couple she didn't like this one and then my wife said well see if they'll exchange it i'm like no you don't exchange it that's not how this works i'm not doing all that like this is your candle and then she's like, oh, well, I want to go in and like pick out the specific one I want. And I'm sitting there like, why did I, what, what is the point of this? If she's going to just pick out a candle, why don't you just take her to the store or go on Amazon and pick out a candle you want? So I can't really think of a box subscription that really makes any sense, aside from maybe the cooking ones. But again, unless you're just loaded with money and you just don't feel like going to the store because they're kind of expensive compared to just going to the grocery store and getting it. And I think all the recipes you can just find online, so you can just make the stuff yourself. I, I did enjoy the food that came in the boxes. I just, I don't understand. I don't know. I, I, I don't know of any of these boxes that make any sense. If you want something, just buy it. You know what I mean? Like, even, even with this nomadic thing. Like, if you want a tarp, just buy a tarp. You know what I mean? As opposed to being surprised and being like, well, this is garbage, this is garbage. Ooh, tarp, sweet been wanting to buy one of those and then i didn't it's like they read my mind just buy the tarp then you can get the exact size you want and uh, all that stuff probably be a lot cheaper too because these boxes are not the cheapest but i'm glad you enjoy your thing and again if one of these box companies wants to uh sponsor this show you know the rule keep your mouth shut right i trust you guys <laughs> that's becoming <laughs> I, we do packer night after dark i trash every company that exists 
and then trust you guys to keep your mouth shut if they want to sponsor this product or this uh, this this podcast. Yeah, it's a product. Hey Ryan, uh, I know you hate a lot of the NFL commentators, and like, not hate, but like their takes are not the best sometimes. But, right. Uh, my, the one podcast I listen to just for like general NFL news, it's uh, Dan Hansis who writes the power rankings, and then uh, Mark. Uh, Sessler and Greg Rosendahl. That's his whole thing, isn't it? Isn't he just like the power ranking guy? That's like his whole shtick. A couple other guys. And, uh, I forget what exactly, but Dan Hansis has the Packers out of like the 20s in his power rankings that just came out. Uh, but that's with the assumption that Favre is going to the Jets, in which he had the Jets go way up, and Dan's also a Jets fan, so, you know, I think that makes it bump a little more. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Greg was pushing back on Dan on the power rankings, and. Uh, he was saying, even with Jordan Love as the starter, um, he doesn't understand why people are ranking the Packers so low and that the Packers are still the biggest threat to the Lions for winning the NFC North. And I just thought this was hilarious. That, find you know, out. He's, first off, thinking that the Lions are the favorites, but then also you have Bears and Vikings fans that you know always think they're going to be the best every year. And he's basically saying, you guys aren't contenders, even with Rodgers going. It's it's the lines of the Packers at this point, so um, you know all this hype for Jordan Love, and then obviously the Vikings they do what they do every year. Never, never that big of a deal, but uh, yeah, I just I I like to hear somebody say that you know even with Love the Packers were a contender for the North because I definitely think we still are. Obviously, a lot hinges on his play, but uh, anyway, go Pack go. Yeah, I mean th- this all stems from what we've been hearing for. I'm not even kidding, probably at least a decade. And that is Aaron Rodgers is this whole team. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why people say it. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's part of the reason for all this Rodgers worship, not even among Packer fans, although I think that is part of it. Those Packer fans believe that hype that comes from the national media. I wonder if there's a if we did a survey, how many of the like diehard Packers loyalists are the ones that watch like ESPN all day long? Because I kind of wonder if there's something there. Because these media guys, that's all they'll say. Like, this team is nothing without Rodgers. They go to zero without Rodgers. Like, that's been... This has been... Like, they've been waiting to make this prediction since, like, 2009. <laughs> and and it's, it's... Again, my, my biggest issue is it's massively disrespectful to the rest of the team. I mean, other teams get by without having Aaron Rodgers, Right. So it's not a matter of you either have Aaron Rodgers or you're the worst in football, because if that was the case, you'd have a lot of teams all at exactly 32nd, and that doesn't really make sense, obviously, mathematically. So why is it there are other teams who don't have Aaron Rodgers that um, are able to, I don't even want to say thrive necessarily, I'm not talking Super Bowl, but can limp into the playoffs or at least be competitive I mean, in the NFC North, is there a single competent team? I don't think so. So, could we potentially be third or second or maybe even number one? Possibly? With with four teams that we're kind of admitting are not really playoff caliber teams, maybe. I mean, the Lions maybe could get there. The Vikings maybe could get there. The Packers, I think, maybe could get there. The Bears don't have a chance, but... Um, but that's, that's just been this lazy narrative since forever, and it doesn't make any sense. How do they do it? How do they do it if they don't have Rodgers? It's probably because they have 
at least a halfway competent quarterback. In some cases, that's not even the case. Look at the 49ers with Brock Purdy, and it doesn't matter who's playing over there. They find a way to at least get near the playoffs, if not in the playoffs, if not kind of making a push in the playoffs. But, you know, how do they manage to pull that off? Is it because maybe they have other good players? Because if that's the case, then what you're saying, it's it's less about Aaron Rodgers and more about everybody else. And really, if you think about the way that they talk about everybody else, it, that's kind of how they feel. And, and, and by the way, this is their entire narrative from start to finish. Because if they do actually have good players, then all this talk about how they, they've wasted Rodgers' career is fake. If there actually are good defensive players, if there actually are good wide receivers and running backs and offensive linemen, if Matt LaFleur actually is a competent coach, then suddenly this narrative that Aaron Rodgers is, is a, a godlike figure that if only he had a single competent human being to work with, would have multiple Super Bowls. That's the narrative. And so, that's what they're riding with. And that's why we go to zero automatically. Now, it's possible that that happens. I'm not saying it's impossible. But the fact that they're just being written off, that's the reason. They're being completely written off simply because the narrative has been, for at least a decade now, that Aaron Rodgers is dragging this deadweight team around with garbage GMs, garbage head coaches, garbage everything, doesn't have the weapons he needs, doesn't have it, which hilariously, we didn't hear this all the, all the time back in the, how many years did we not win the Super Bowl when we were loaded with wide receivers? So what was the excuse back then? It was something else, right? Oh, it was the defense or it was, a, and again, Aaron Rodgers simultaneously is dragging dead weight at the exact same time that Aaron Rodgers is the guy that needs everything to be perfect to even have a chance. He needs a, a, an elite defense, multiple elite wide receivers, elite coaching, elite special teams, because if any of those are deficient, if he has a bad special teams, a bad defense, or God forbid, just one wide receiver who happens to be the best in football and some decent, competent number twos and threes, which is not really debatable. People get upset because you don't have like a two top tens. Who has two top tens? Here's some math for you. At the most, five teams can have two top tens. You know how I know? What's five times two? At the most, five teams can have two top tens. And that would mean that all the other teams have zero. And that's not the case. Maybe one team, once in a while, manages two top tens. On average, just basic common sense, one player in the top 32 one wide receiver in the top 64, and, and another player in the top 100. If you have that, you're breaking even. We have not had less than that. And again, it's not like we have one guy in the top 32. We're talking number one in the entire NFL, and then probably two guys in the top 64, which would equate to the number one wide receiver in football and two number twos. And if not, then it's probably a number two and a number three. Whoa, what, a, what an absolute travesty. The Packers have a number one, a number two, and a number three as their top three wide receivers. This is an absolute catastrophe. How could, G, how could the GM do this? This is just the worst. <laughs> Freaking dummies. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Thank you very, very much to Seth Reuter for jumping in on Patreon. Jumping back in on Patreon, so good to, ha good to have you back. We've had a couple people that have come back on uh, Patreon, so thank you so much. So far this month, we are up to four 
donors and one person left. So we're headed in the positive. For many, many months, it's like three people leave and one person comes. So we're, we're coming back, man. We're coming back. How's the economy doing? Are we roaring back? I haven't been paying attention, but I'm feeling good, man. Got the positive juju going, baby. Seth, thanks a lot for joining back in. Also, please consider giving to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Really do appreciate everybody that has uh, taken a gander at what they're doing over there and seeing if that would be something that you'd be interested in giving to. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan, Seth. Hey. I got a couple things for you today. Um, first one is I think Tavarius Moore might be our our next off-season steal. Yeah. You know, our next uh, – or, or in-season, I guess. But, you know, Razul Douglas, Keyshawn Nixon – Pretty forward. I think he's going to be that next guy. So I'm pretty excited about him. I watched some tape on him, and he actually shows a lot of promise. I found one video where um, an analyst was saying he was better than the 49ers starting safety at the time. They didn't know why they weren't playing him more. And so I think he could be a, a great pickup, especially if we don't have the money to, you know, invest big in safety. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I literally was just looking at him because, you know, in the last caller when he was going through about the positives, I wanted to bring up the roster just because I want to be able to see it and not get stuck on names. And as I'm going through looking at the starters, I see Tarvarius Moore right now, and this is just our lads, it's not an official thing, but he is listed as our starting free safety with Darnell Savage. Rudy Ford is there. He's, he's on the team. 
But Tarverius Moore is listed right now as our starting free safety. Again, not official, but very surprising that they would put him there. So I think I personally need to do a little bit more research into the guy. Um, and definitely a good catch by you. Um, next, I want to talk about the draft capital and getting getting uh, picks back for Rodgers. Yeah. I um, I agree the Packers have leverage right now, but if this drags on um, closer to the start of the year, I think the Packers will actually lose their leverage. And my reasoning for that is I don't think we want to pay him that $58 million bonus. And also, if he does decide to play hardball and not retire, even if it's staying away from the team and we have him under contract, that's, that uh, cap hit next year is brutal. Yeah. So um, I'd like to see us get a deal done sooner than later, and I'm with you on – I'd be thrilled with two two seconds. And, you know, if I was good, I think I'd say, you know, I'll take pick 13 or I'll take those two seconds and, you know, a fifth or maybe just the two seconds. I also like your take on getting first-round picks in the future. Maybe he gives a third option. So, you know, okay, pick 13 or two seconds. Or we'll take a 2024 um, first into 2025 first, and you know Rogers will be gone by then, and they'll probably suck again. So that 2025 first will probably be like the top ten pick. Um, so, anyways, that's my take. Talk to you later. Freaking brilliant, man! I love all these little <laughs> these little nuggets that you guys come in with that I just have never even thought of. But that actually makes a massive amount of sense. Like if you could do, I doubt you can get 2024 first and a 2025 first for example but yeah if you could do like all right fine we won't take 13 but i want a second this year and a second next year and a 2025 first right because a second next year is basically considered like a third and then i don't know if it's like a second round like a 2025 first would be considered a second or does it even go down from there because it's two years out but let's just say it's a second what are we asking for two seconds and a third According to how apparently people think about these things, which again, for the millionth time, I think is the dumbest thing on planet Earth, what would you rather have? A first this year or a second last year? What a stupid question. But yeah, then you think about it, we get a second, so we have, two, we have a first and two seconds this year. Next year, again, we have our first round pick and, and two seconds again. And then yeah, in 2025, when the Jets go back to zero, not only because they lost Aaron Rodgers, in it for 2024 but they have no money because they're still massively paying for Aaron Rodgers and I'm sure have done nothing to solve their quarterback situation because this draft class isn't about finding anybody for the future it's about building around Aaron Rodgers so they're not going to be finding quarterbacks so yeah it's it's uh Zach Wilson or whatever uh piece that they can put together for 2024 you know Garoppolo or whoever's available with just this horrible football team and yeah that 2025 first could you imagine if we ended up with a 2025 first and it ended up being the number one overall pick, it's not going to happen with Rodgers there next year. But 2025, it is a real possibility. If I'm good at guns, I'm, I'm actually aiming for that. What do I have to do to get that 2025 first round pick from you? And if they're going to discount that, like, I don't know, that's basically like late second round value for me. Dude, put that in the deal now. And I'll tell you what, if I can get a 2024 first and a 2025 first, I'll shake on it right now. Like, if, if you're going to call a 20, if next year's first a second round pick and two years from now first is like a late second, that's how you're going to view it? Dude, where do I, where do I sign? I don't need anything for this year. If you want to throw in a fourth, go for it because we crush fourth round. If not, all good. I'm sure Goot would love another seventh round pick. That guy cannot get enough seventh round picks. 
Yeah, that is a fantastic, fantastic point. Give me that. Give me those 2025 picks because the Jets are probably going to be garbage. Well said. Hey, Ryan. First time caller here. My name's Ryan as well. Hi. <clears throat> I got to say, I really love the podcast. And um, yeah, it's been a bit discouraging this Jordan Love hate. And I don't think it's um, the majority. But I would say there's probably about a 30 to 40 percent, maybe maybe 30 to 35 percent of people that just vehemently will root against this young man. And I don't know if it's racial. I really don't know. I'll tell you, I went to a preseason game this year and uh, the crowd around me had pretty good seats. I mean, obviously, it's, uh, you know, 50 to 60 years old, Caucasian uh was probably the majority in my section. Mm-hmm. And they hated love so much that when he made a great pass, they boo. Yeah. They were yelling at him, not the answer. You're not the answer. You, you know, it was just so much like you would have thought they were cheering for the other team. I think yeah. they were playing the Saints that day. And, uh, yeah, and I know people who say they're a Packer fan, but they say every single time Jordan Love is the quarterback, they are going to root for the Packers to lose. I, I just don't know how you can be a Packer fan like that. I mean, let's root for the guy to do his best, and let's hope for the best. That's my feelings on that. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope the kid does great. And uh, it's time to move on, you know. 40 years old is 40 years old, and that's – the end of the line when we're talking football. That's a fact. Some people don't want to deal with that. They think he's going to be Tom Brady and play till he's 44 at a high level. It doesn't happen often. That's the, you know, um, the exception to the rule, as they say. So thank you very much. I appreciate your podcast. Yeah, um, I... I... The only thing, it's, it's hard to get into the minds of, of people that don't think the way you think. And I, I try to do my best. And I know when people try to do this to me, they're usually very wrong. So I'm sure when I try to do this to other people, I'm very wrong also. But I'm just trying to understand the, I guess, the psychology or whatever stupid word you want to put in there of, of people like that. And, and I know for a fact there is, because you're talking about as much as it's one group, it's also many groups. Right? There's a lot of different people who have a lot of different motivations, but I think the largest is is really, it's not even about Jordan Love, to be completely honest. I think the vast majority, it has nothing to do with Jordan Love. It is it is an obsession with, with Aaron Rodgers. It is a hatred of Brian Gutekunst. Um, and, and Jordan Love is kind of, he's kind of the one that just kind of got stuck in the middle of it all. I wish I had a better example for this, but it's it's kind of as though... You ever watch Jerry Springer or uh, Maury? You know how sometimes people have children when they're in relationships and maybe that child belongs to somebody else and then sometimes they even stay together through that? I'm guessing once in a while, the father who isn't the father will maybe not always treat the child who isn't theirs the best. Not saying that's the right thing to do, but... There is sort of a, you are the representation of this horrible thing that somebody did to me. I think that's what Jordan is. The worst moment of my life was the moment that I thought for sure we were going to win the Super Bowl and we were one player away and 
we were going to do everything we could to help Aaron Rodgers win football games and win a Super Bowl. And instead of getting me a wide receiver that I demanded, you traded up and got a quarterback. And Jordan Love just so happens to be the physical manifestation of that thing that I hate. You are that quarterback that he went and got. Jordan Love didn't do anything wrong. Maybe he probably didn't even want to go to the Packers. He wanted to go be somewhere where he could play and start and go make a bunch of money like everybody else in his draft class is going to just get absolutely stupid paid. He didn't want to sit behind Aaron Rodgers forever, and it's not his fault he got picked. Now, again, I could be wrong, and I'm sure in some cases I am. You know, we've, we've heard and physically heard people say that he's trash, and if, if you watch the tape, you would know. But again, I really think, for a lot of people, that is them trying to defend their, their genuine belief, and, and their, their belief is, is in their anger, and that it is justified. And if Jordan Love is a good quarterback, suddenly that anger is not justified. And everything that you stood for, every emotion you... I mean, you got to think, these are people, many of which, that every single thing that happens for the Green Bay Packers, the only thing they can think is Gutekunst is an idiot. Every interaction that happens that, that seems to be negative toward Rodgers, they have to jump in and defend. Every single thing about Gutekunst, they have to comment, he's garbage, he's an idiot, he's the... All this stuff... Every single thing that they've done as a Packer fan, or 90% of it, is wrapped in this one thing because they're psychotic and cannot think of any other things. And if Jordan Love comes out and ends up being a great quarterback, it's like your entire life is a lie, (laughs) if I may be dramatic. But it's true. Now, I did have somebody else call in about the, the racial component, and I'll give you the exact same answer, and that is if you look at a pool of let's just say tens of thousands of Packer fans that are not fond of Jordan Love, I think it would be naive to think that 0% have some kind of a racial component. But I do think it's a small minority, and I think jumping to that conclusion with no real basis for it, other than to say there must be some in there somewhere, is not massively productive. And, and here's, here's a, a major evidence for that. Go back to the Brett Favre days. The exact demographic that you laid out is the exact demographic that booed Aaron Rodgers. They were 50 to 60-year-old white Caucasian males, <laughs> right? There wasn't like, you know, black ladies who were standing up screaming about Aaron Rodgers sucks. Mostly because there's not a lot of black ladies out there. So it makes sense that, you know, if you took a sample size of the people that were angry, it's, it's like, what is it, 70% white dudes that are out there and, and like older white dudes primarily? So yeah, the, the ones that love Jordan, and that's the other side of this. You know, the guys that love Jordan, mostly white Caucasian males. And that's not to say white Caucasians just love black quarterbacks more than everybody else. It's just, that's just, that's what we're dealing with here. Most NFL fans are white males. Most Packer fans are white males. Most, most of the people that go to training camp are white males. You know, think about the Turlet Bowl guy. Who was that? He was the exact guy you, like when, when people pictured the guy that you described, those 50 to 60 year old Caucasians. They thought about the Turlet Bowl guy. So I don't know what it is about a certain age group in the Packer fan community that just gets, they think a certain way. I don't know what it is. And, and again, I'm not ignorant to believe that none of it is racial, but I will say again that I, I, I don't see any reason to use that to, to kind of bridge the gap in understanding as to why this would be happening, because it's an unnecessary bridge. Because we saw this exact same thing play out between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't because Rodgers is black. I really just think, 
and and again, listen to what they're saying. I, I mean, there's, there's no reason to believe that what they're saying is not true. They are furious that Brian Gutekunst didn't do enough. And, and you know this, too, because it's not all about Jordan Love. They'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Times that Aaron Rodgers was let down. You know, he didn't go out and get Julio, who, by the way, is a black male that they wanted. To, T. Higgins, right? They didn't want Jordan Love. Who did they want? Well, it wasn't some, you know, white linebacker. It was a black receiver. <laughs> They're mad that we didn't draft the, the bigger, taller black guy that catches the passes as opposed to the white guy that throws them. So, again, is that a component? Yeah, maybe out there somewhere. I don't know. But I, I don't see that as, as a major component. I don't see any reason to. And it's not something that can be proved anyways, so I don't see it as a worthwhile conversation. Because And part of the other thing, too, is it's a very serious accusation. And it's one thing to look at this group of, you know, we can stereotype as 50, 60-year-old white dudes. There's black dudes that think this way, too. There's women that think this way. And there's 20-year-olds that are screaming on Twitter about this stuff, too, and Reddit. But it's one thing to look at this group and generally categorize them and say, yeah, it's all 50-year-old white dude, and just kind of joke about it. But when we cross the line into saying they're racist... Now it's becoming a serious accusation, and I think if we're going to level serious accusations, it requires a lot more um, burden of proof. You know, it's like if if we're picking on Rodgers, and we're like, yeah, he's kind of a hippie. Like, oh yeah, he's a hippie. And then somebody else is like, yeah, and he murdered a guy. Like, what? <laughs> like, we, we got to back up a little bit here. What, what, what is that? Like, I don't know, he probably murdered a guy. And then the only real evidence is just kind of speculating based. Well, if you think about it, he's really weird and he's got these beliefs. And people that have these beliefs, I think, tend to be more like this. He probably killed a guy somewhere. No, we can't play that game. That's way too serious of an accusation to just be like, nah, probably. Freaking probably, right? I mean, who? come on. No, we can't say probably. That's a serious accusation. But other than that, man, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand it beyond... People just refusing to admit that maybe they're they, 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 they're just angry that something happened, and they know that if Jordan Love is good, then they're not allowed to be angry anymore. And that's about it. Hey, Ryan. It's Ryan again. Hey. Second uh, call here. I just wanted to piggyback on my last call a little bit because I, I did leave a few things out. Okay. Um, yeah, I've noticed this collection of Packers fans who, let's just, be honest it's just extremely simple-minded but they have numbers okay and yeah. kind of the way it is you remember when Rashawn Gary was drafted everyone hated him in yeah. the simple-minded crew yeah and um it's because in their simple mind all they could do to judge a pass rusher is see how many sacks they had they yeah I mean it, re it really was I mean and I didn't want Rashawn I didn't but at the same time, I have learned over the years to realize that we're kind of just playing a game right now and not to take it too seriously because there's a lot more of a deeper analysis that goes on with teams like, you know, the, the Packers and whatnot. And that isn't to say that they're right. But again, I watched maybe two, three games of Rashawn Gary. I didn't really get it, you know, wasn't really a big production guy. But you think the Packers don't know his sack numbers for crying out loud? I mean, come on, man. So, yeah, and, 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 and again, it's not just... There's nothing wrong with saying, I didn't like the pick. I don't have a single problem with anybody saying, I didn't really like the pick. I say that, I think after this draft, me and me and the, the guys on the podcast, whatever, we'll talk and we'll, we'll say things like that and have all kinds of conversations. 
about picks we liked, picks we loved, picks we didn't like. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to just launch into this psychosis of Gutekunst is garbage. He's the biggest piece of trash. This is the dumbest pick. Everybody knew it was a bear, which they love saying that stuff, which is never true. Everybody knew he was going to be drafted in that range. So obviously everybody thought he was worth about that. So, you know, and again, it's always hit and miss. But to get so worked up as though you know, based on like listening or reading people's mock drafts and, and stuff, like it's so stupid and they will never let it go. I had a guy on Twitter that for years, like for the first two years of, of Rashawn Gary's career, I think his name was just Adam on Twitter, um, every single game for I don't know how long, like all during the game, where was your boy Rashawn? Where's Rashawn? What happened to Rashawn? What, for years, and I'm trying, like after a while I'm giving him stats, like he's actually doing a good job. Like he's just, he's buried behind Zadarius and Preston and all this stuff. And then of course when Rashawn Gary blows up, what happens? I haven't heard from him literally in years he just stopped talking because that was his whole thing that was his whole identity he would only reach out to me to trash talk Rashawn and now that Rashawn's good as far as I know he deleted that account it's just it's just crazy why are you doing that why are you doing that I understand again feeling uncomfortable about a pick that the Packers have done that every year to me I didn't like the Rashawn pick I didn't like the Jair pick I didn't like the Jordan Love pick I didn't like, uh, who else would we pick? I didn't like the Stokes pick. Primarily just because in my mind, it's like, they're not good value. You know, Jair, again, he shot up at the end. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't want a quarterback for for love. Uh, Rashawn, I just wasn't a fan of for similar re- Like, I don't like it. But again, you got to just recalibrate and be like, all right, they like him for a reason. That's a good thing. They see something in them. Let's see if we can figure out what it is that they loved about them. And then you go back and watch, and you, you start to try to retrain your mind on some of these things, and sometimes you can't come to it. I've had that plenty of times where it's just like, I just don't get it. Um, you know, I, I think, like, Kamal Martin, as random as that is, that, that was like, he was like my lowest-graded linebacker in the entire draft when I did it, and we drafted him. just like, I don't freaking get it, man. Um but, you know, again, there's a difference between just kind of being like a casual observer and knowing that you're just a casual fan. You know, I mean, even if you're a guy like Coach Hahn, who's who really knows his stuff, or like uh, Sam Holman, you know your stuff. There's still an element of, like, I'm not on their level. And it's not just one guy. You got to understand, there, there's Gutekunst, and then there's these scouts underneath them, and then there's like the guys that we rely on on here. That's no disrespect to them, but I mean, it's like, this is what they do. And it's like, there's, there's a team of guys that are better than anybody that we talk to on Twitter. And above that are, like, guys that run these crews. And then above them is Gutekunst. Like, there is a massive infrastructure of guys that really, really know how to do this stuff. And for, for these freaking keyboard warriors to sit around and actually call Gutekunst, and it's not just Gutekunst, it's the entire staff, and by the way, the coaches, remember... Uh, Matt LaFleur was pushing for Jordan Love. When we drafted Rashawn Gary, I remember, what was his name, Mike Smith, our edge rusher guy. He went straight to the podium and was like, he was my number one pass rusher in this entire draft class. I'm not even kidding. Again, they could be wrong, but to sit here and say that that entire group, all the coaches, all the staff, all the scouts, they're all idiots. And I know because I read a stat that he doesn't get a lot of sacks. Like, you, you must, you are a special kind of dumb. 
really like the level of arrogance that you have to genuinely think that highly of yourself and to have that little self-awareness and again like i i get caught up in the moment like i when we drafted rashawn and i'll get back to your call here when we drafted rashawn i knew we were going to make a pick i didn't like because the packers do it every year you can go back and find the video on my youtube because i streamed that pick I buried my head in my hands prior to the pick because I knew I didn't want to be one of those guys on like the, the the highlight reels that they put around about all these these guys and look at their reactions and they're all pissed. I didn't want to be on that highlight reel of like throwing my chair across the room. So I buried my head in my hands and then when the pick was made, I just sat there. I sat there and I was like, all right, compose yourself, calm down, and then react. And I don't remember what I said, but it was like, I'm just trying to not freak out and say, I freaking hate this pick because I just need some time, right? We're probably not going to like who we pick at pick 15. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm not Gutekunst. So my job is to learn to like the pick. And if I can't do it, I can't do it. But we'll find out. But you can't run on Twitter and say, or Facebook or wherever and say, Gutekunst is a piece of garbage. Everyone knew this guy was trash, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on, dude. And you know that's going to happen. I mean, it doesn't matter who we... We could pick a wide receiver. Oh, good. Oh, now you get a wide receiver. Now you get... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're so petty. You're the, and by the way, we don't even need a receiver. We need safety. We need... Da, 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 da. And if we get a safety... Oh, again with the defense. Again. This guy's such an idiot. We need offense. We need to help Jordan Love. You wouldn't help him. Now you're going to ruin Jordan Love's career. Uh, uh, uh. It doesn't matter what you do. These people are just psychotic. Judge pressure or impacting the play. It was... I don't see a lot of sacks, so he's bad. Right. And then, but probably before they jump to him being bad, they look at the media. They say, "Oh, 100%. this guy from ESPN, this guy from NFL.com." Right. And they, and then they're like, oh, smart, not realizing that hey, all those guys that work for ESPN NFL Network, they want to run an NFL team. That's their dream job. Right. The smart guys are the guys who run the NFL teams. Well, and then and just just to put a finer point on on what you're saying, Mike Mayock is like was like the number one draft analyst, right? Brilliant guy. He ended up actually getting a job as a GM for the Raiders. And my understanding, based on reports, he was a freaking idiot. And I, I hate to say that because Mike Mayock seems like a really great dude, and obviously he's a an absolute titan in that industry. But what I had heard from inside sources is that um, he was essentially like he would say things, and the scouts would just stare at him like this guy's a freaking idiot. Like what is he talking about? Just the, I mean they were laughing at him behind. And and by the way, after that first year, they like fired the entire scouting staff. Because it was basically like a mutiny in there. They, they didn't want to talk to him. They didn't want to work with him. They're like, this guy's an idiot. The scouts, who are supposed to be below the GM, are like, this guy doesn't know anything. But yet Mike Mayock, when he steps out into the media world, he is heads and tails above everybody. And rightly so. He, he is a genius. But I'm just saying, when you get to that level, it's a different level, man. And um, what he's doing on TV, even at the high level that he does it on TV or did it on TV... It's it's a joke in that world, that level of analysis. So yeah, absolutely. The 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 fact that they can watch something on TV, and by the way, it's not a lot of these opinions are not even Mayock. I, I would be willing to bet if you talk to Mayock, he would have a much more nuanced and, and appreciative uh, 
feel. I don't know. But I, I have a feeling he would say that about Rashawn. What you're getting are the Skip Bayless type things. You're, you're getting these these uh, hot takey guys who are like, this guy's guy, he's never going to be. Those are not the Daniel Jeremiah's. right? They, they Especially first-round prospects, they're never going to say stuff like that. So they're not even getting this from like the highest level. They're getting it from stuff on social media, from mock drafts, from stuff they're reading on blogs, and then like the hot takey guys. And yeah, maybe, maybe the Mayocs are like, well, you got to watch out and be careful for this, that, or the other, but... But yeah, it's 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 such a joke. That's smarter than media members, and they make more money. Yeah. So same thing happened last year with Quay Walker. Obviously, the same thing that happened was another with Jordan one. Love, and that was just really unfair because it was more of just not liking that the Packers weren't supporting Aaron Rodgers than actually judging the prospect that was Jordan Love. So. Yeah, there is a, a simple-minded crew that jumps to this judgment about players. And then the thing is, with the simple-minded, they want to be right. Because when they're wrong, it reminds them that they are simple-minded. So what happens is they start rooting for this player to do bad. Even though that player doing well would help the Packers, they now care more about So I can say, I told you so. Right, exactly. And I've had many Packers friends that would do this. Did they watch Quay Walker make 15 good plays in a row? You don't hear anything. He makes one yep. bad play. Yep. And you hear about it for 15 minutes. They go to the bat. They're looking to be right. And that that's what happened with that Adam guy. You know, because I'm not going to chase him down. I don't care. Um, the only time I did that was when he would come out and be like, oh, where's your boy? And then two plays later, he'd get a sack, and then I'd make a comment. But it was the same thing. Rashawn Gary would have a good game. Wouldn't hear from him. He, he could have five good weeks in a row. And then one week, he'll come out with zero sacks and we'll lose the game. And it's like, where was your boy? Or we'd even win the game. Where, oh, what happened to your boy? What happened? It's, it's just, it, you're right. It's all about, I'm right. And it's, it's, it's really sad because this should just be about the Packers. And again, it, there's nothing wrong with if you think he's not going to be a great football player, but that's clearly not what this is. You don't act this way if you think somebody, you know, like I appreciate him and I really hope he pans out. I just, I'm skeptical that it's going to work. That's a perfectly reasonable take to have. I I kind of fall into that category. I'm I'm skeptical that it's going to pan out with Jordan Love. Um, As positive as I've been toward him, which again is sort of the point. There's no point in being so negative and vitriolic and then trying to pretend, well, I'm just a realist. No, you're, you're just being hateful. And you're just being hateful because you just want to be right about something. And 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 the, the sad thing is what you want to be right is what what you want to be right in is vindication in your anger. You want to be vindicated in your right to hate Brian Gutekunst. And the only way that you can do that is if Jordan Love is absolute garbage. And the crazy thing is like you don't even have to say it. You could just wait for it to happen and then say, haha. The fact that you want to go out and and uh, you know, obliterate Jordan Love. The fact that you're actually taking that anger and directing it at Love, who didn't do anything wrong, and there's no reason to do that. And again, it clearly proves that you are not a very good Packer fan by doing this. But you're fine, because because again, you're so blinded by your anger at that the, that he was even brought in here. And then you start hearing these ridiculous arguments about if we had just drafted a wide receiver, we would have won Super Bowls. And all. It's like, you have lost your freaking mind. You actually believe that if we had drafted a wide receiver, we would have won a Super Bowl. That's insane. 
Like, that's just, that's crazy. But this, that's the thing. It, it has to be, because otherwise I'm wrong. And in order for me to be vindicated in this level of anger, it's true that we would have won Super Bowls. Um, it's true that Aaron Rodgers would probably still be here, right? Because he wouldn't have been angry. We'll ignore the part about him saying he wouldn't have won MVP. That, we don't have to worry about that. Right? It has to be, if I'm right, the world is a perfect utopia. In other words, I'm right, and, and if he had done what I would said, the world would be a utopia. But because he did the opposite of what I want, we're, we're basically living in hell. Only because you didn't li listen to me. Not because of anything else. And, and we won't even begin to exercise the, uh, the thought that maybe things aren't actually very bad. And it was the same thing with Rashawn Gary until they finally had to shut up. Because it was yeah. like, hey, we have proof. Rashawn right. Gary's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And, and again, that, that's, that's the thing that's so disingenuous about it. And you wish, you wish that there was a part of them that would just reflect and be like, you know what, maybe I should keep my mouth shut. Maybe I should keep my big, fat mouth shut about this because I don't actually know. And I don't want to be the guy that's been trashing one of our best players for three years. I, 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 I don't want to say I learned that lesson because I'm sure I haven't quite learned it, but I more or less learned that with Devontae. I was one of the guys screaming, get him off the team. Now, granted... If a guy's not great for like three years, you're probably going to be like, all right, maybe, maybe this wasn't the greatest pick. But it just causes you to, to at least slow down and reflect and be like, let's, let's just relax and take a breath. But th their ability to just like alter reality is staggering to me. Again, the only reality that matters is my reality that I invent. And it's like, Rashawn Gary's trash. And that's all there is to it. And then when he becomes good, rather than saying, oh, man, I was wrong. And, and you know, obviously you're not going to go running on social media and admitting you're wrong. You could do that if you were a grown-up, which, of course, you're not. But rather than doing that and just saying, whoops-a-daisy, you delete your burner. You don't learn a single thing because you're incapable of learning. And you just move on to the next thing, right? Because it's all about just hating Gutekunst. And, and the funny thing is, is how circular this whole thing is. I hate Gutekunst. Why? Because he did something wrong. And then it turns out he wasn't wrong. Okay, well, then I have to find something else. Well, wait a minute. If it's not rooted in something, why do you hate Brian Gutekunst? Right? Like, honestly, there are a lot of Packer fans who hate Brian Gutekunst because Jordan Love was a terrible pick. Do you really believe they're all going to start loving Brian Gutekunst if Jordan Love is, is good? Of course not. Because it's taken on a life of its own. So it starts with, he made this pick. It morphed from that pick, the, the hatred of that pick, to Brian Gutekunst's trash. Now, that's the baseline. Because what should happen is, if, if Jordan Love is great, then I don't have any reason, then we kind of undo everything. Well, now I suddenly have no reason to hate Brian Gutekunst, because I was wrong, and I should apologize, but I won't, because again, not an adult. And um, absolve Brian Gutekunst of all hatred. But the point is, I hate Gutekunst, and, and again, we, we live in this world where we can just create our own realities, right? My truth, which is a fake thing that doesn't exist, but we all pretend it does. And my truth is that Gutekunst is terrible. And so, again, if Jordan Love ends up being great, rather than saying, you know what, maybe he's a good GM, some of them probably will, the, the more honest ones who have a genuine belief that he's bad based on these information, you know, and then they get new information and they plug it back into the calculation and they're like, all right, maybe he's a good GM. But I think the vast majority will look at it and say, nope, I can't be wrong. 
So I just need to find something else. Okay, fine. That panned out. However, we would have won a Super Bowl, and that's still more valuable. And then what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And it's all just, it, it's, it's this drive-by stuff. Like, I, I had somebody on Twitter today that was like, um, what about all these examples of, of guys that he picked when he could have picked somebody else? I said, I'll tell you what. You go pick the best GM in the NFL, because I want to play this game too. Tell me who the best GM in the NFL is. Come back to me. And he po- posted like some gif of, of The Rock doing his eye roll thing. And it's like, oh, why don't you want to play? And it's funny because, again, they don't want to learn. He knows what point I'm going to make. He knows that if he picks any GM, he could go back 10 years and pick a GM. He, he could pick anybody in the world that he wants. He knows that I'll be able to find a pick that would be better than what they took for every GM. But rather than looking at that and going, oh, yeah, that's a good point, he doesn't want to play because he doesn't want me to prove that he's wrong. Even, so, so he's acknowledging that he knows he's wrong. Because if he thought he was right, he would happily do it. He would follow through with the exercise. He won't follow through with the exercise because he knows he's wrong. If he knows he's wrong, why is he holding the opinion? Why does he hate a guy based on information that he knows isn't true? This is what I don't understand. The hatred is just based on itself. It's a self-fulfilling thing. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have an energy source. It is its own energy source. So it doesn't matter if, if you unplug every single thing, like, oh, this was a good pick, and that, 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 that. It still lives, and it will live forever because the source of the hatred is the hatred. So there's no amount of information you could give them. Oh, Rashawn, Gary panned out, and this panned out, and this panned out. Every, he could hit on every single pick from here on out, every single free agent from here on out. It won't matter because I have decided that he's terrible, and I will defend that position no matter what reality is. And again, I know this isn't everybody, but this is a very large proportion of them based on exactly what I'm telling you, having interacted with them. No amount of inter- inter- uh, information is the word. No amount of information has ever swayed them, even when they know that what I'm saying is true. Again, why wouldn't he play along? Because he knows. He knows he got caught. So why did you say it? Why are you, why are you choosing to make things up just to make somebody look bad. It's, it just it blows my mind. As somebody who says, I just want to know what reality is, and I try to take as much information, and this is what I assume everybody does. I want to have the right opinion, because there is only one right opinion. It's not my opinion, your opinion. Like, the, 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 there's, there's multiple truths. No, there's one truth. And I want to know what it is. And so I'm going to take the most information I can, and I'll probably get a lot of stuff wrong, but I'm going to try to put stitch this together and figure this thing out. And there are so many people who don't approach life that way. They approach life based on, how do I feel? I feel angry? Okay, well, if I feel angry, then that feeling is justified, right? How dare you invalidate my feelings, right? It's valid. All my feelings, all my beliefs, all, all of this is valid. It's all fake. It's all garbage, by the way. If you believe that, it's fake. Stop believing that. It's stupid. So all my feelings are valid. Now I need to build around it. I have hatred for this guy. Now I need to go out and find reasons. And it becomes self-fulfilling because it's not hard to find mistakes that he's made. But the problem is, again, it's so one-sided. It's so narrow... Narrow... Narrow-sighted? You know what I mean? It's... it's eh, What's the words? Looking down a... 
tunnel vision, I think, is kind of what I'm shooting for. There's no, like, stepping back and saying, okay, but how does that compare to the rest of the NFL? There's none of that. Again, it all just stems from, I hate the guy, and I need to find more proof that I'm vindicated in my hatred. So I'm going to go find all these negative things. And then I'm going to unload all the negative things. And as I sort through it and go, well, well, this doesn't make sense because of this, and this this is wrong, and this, it's just, oh, you're, you're a bootlicker. And then they storm off. Because again, it's not about what's right. It's about validating my feelings. And it's funny because you talk about these 50 to 60-year-old white men, but yet they act like uh, 19-year-old Gen Zers with this validating my emotions nonsense. And maybe that is who I'm talking to on Twitter. But I know some of them are not. But that's how they act. It's funny because I had one of the, the guy that I affectionately called Mr. Negative. He always loved calling me a millennial, despite the fact that he was like nine years older than me. But he just happened to fall into that other category. But everything was millennial, millennial. So one of my favorite things was to pull it back on him and just show him how he was acting like a stereotypical millennial all the time. But that is, that is sort of the thing, right? You got these boomer generation people whose anger is rooted in sort of this more modern... Everything that they hate about the young people, that's what you're doing. You want your feelings validated. This isn't based on information. It's based on your feelings. And you go out and seek validation. It's what a lot of people, same with like the politics. It's not about I'm going to listen to other people's opinions. It's about I feel angry about this. I'm going to turn on the news channel that's also angry about it. And I'm going to listen to them talk about it. I'm going to have my feelings validated. And that's how we all live our lives. And it's pathetic. You're wrong. You're dumb. Accept it. And I really hope Jordan Love does that. And I hope these people that are rooting against Jordan Love, I hope they find another team because you are not a Packer fan. If you are rooting against the Packers, you didn't agree with a player in my... Sorry, I paused the wrong one. Final point is... All right, let me, let me stop before you go to your final point. I don't, I, I'm not even necessarily, although there is a part of me that's like, you know what, just leave if you're going to be so miserable and hate this team all the time. Just leave. The, the larger part for me is you act like it's, it's better everywhere else. Go somewhere else. I'll tell you what. Follow Rodgers to the Jets if you love that guy so much, and you report back. You tell me what you think of that GM and how great he is. That team hasn't won anything in since, you know, since forever. But you can even go, go follow Bill Belichick. The guy's a legend. What has he done in the last five years? Nothing. His quarterback left and his team went to zero. That team is nothing. His free agent acquisitions haven't hardly done anything. His drafts have been a complete joke the last several years. You want to talk about Bill Belichick? How about, how about the Chiefs? I mean, listen, you, you go to all these big areas. You, go follow the Bills. I mean, I'm, dude's a good GM, no question about it. I'm not going to say he's terrible. But you think I'm not going to be able to pick at that guy? How about the fact that they can't seem to ever get it done? What, what are you going to nitpick them for? Not getting Josh Allen more weapons? Which, by the way, is a valid critique that everybody, nobody seems to want to talk. Aaron Ryder, the, the, the Packers GM gets criticized constantly. The Bills get to the playoffs and lose every year. They've got one wide receiver. Nobody says a word. Nobody screams about their first-round draft pick wide receivers. Nobody talks about them not going out and spending $50 million, getting a bunch of more free agent wide receivers and tight ends. Nobody wants to talk about it. Point is, go somewhere else. It doesn't even have to be permanent. Just take a couple years, take a vacation, go to another team, and report back and see how it's going. You got Jets fans right now talking about they're worried that Woody Johnson's going to come down and push the buttons because when he gets involved, he ruins everything. 
So yeah, go out there and report back on how great it would be because we, the, the Packers are a disaster because they don't have an owner. Yeah, go check out teams that have owners. Go see how much the fans love their owners. Bears fans just love the McCaskies. Oh man, they just make that thing go. Lions fans just love the Fords. They're, they're the ones that really get that thing going. Yeah, Woody Johnson's the guy getting things done. Woody Johnson is a freaking disaster. And basically, according to Jets fans, when I did the interview, we, uh, the, the guy from Play Like a Jet, we always talk for like an hour before and like half hour after. We talk for a long time about stuff. We're actually very similar. We both do daily podcasts and everything, which is a pretty rare thing. Um, I don't know if I really know anybody else that does like legit 365. I know I take some days off, but legit 365 podcast, you know, by themselves kind of thing. So we kind of have that camaraderie thing going on, but... Yeah, he, he basically said, like, when he puts his hands on things, it is a freaking disaster. Like, they love their GM. They're, they're real excited about the coach and all that stuff. But they're, like, they were talking about the something the effect of, uh, like, he, he was kind of put in charge for a while. And there was just all these just god-awful decisions that were made. And then there was, like, this period where, like, a lot of good stuff was happening. And he was, like, on vacation. Like, he went over to Rome or something for, like, a couple weeks. And, like, a bunch of great stuff happened. <laughs> like they they legitimately look at it like the further away he gets from the team the better the team is and that's what they're scared about in this Aaron Rodgers trade is that he's the one that's going to mess this up but of course they won't do it because again it doesn't support what they want they don't want to root for another team they want vindication in their feelings and going to support another team just to find out that that team sucks and they're also not winning the Super Bowl, and they're also not drafting their favorite prospects, and they're also not going out in free agency and getting every single person that you think is the greatest, all you're going to realize is that your feelings are wrong, and they're not valid. And that's not the end goal. It works in complete contrast with the goal, and the goal is always to simply have my feelings validated, which is freaking hilarious that you got these 60-year-old guys out there who live their lives trying to have their feelings validated. <laughs> you really, really, really hated the Jordan Love pick. Why are you mad at him? He right. did not. So the three minutes cut him off, and I don't think he called back. But I think we got enough to, to really kind of understand where you're going with that. And we kind of talked about it. Again, it's, it's, it's completely misguided and extremely unfair to Jordan. I understand saying I didn't like the pick. But when you start attacking him personally and start talking about how he's going to be a bad football player just because you hated the pick so much, that's that's being ridiculous. It really, really is. The guy did nothing wrong. He didn't ask to be picked by the Green Bay Packers. He didn't ask to come here. All he did has been a complete professional, keeping his mouth shut. He hasn't caused any problems. He hasn't, you know, been on you know media channels or social media or anything like that talking about you know, showing impatience or anything. He hasn't done anything wrong. There's no reason for that. But again, it helps him feel validated. We know how important that is to them. So let's make sure you uh, do a good deed today and validate a Jordan Love hater's feelings because they need it now more than ever. (laughs) 